This is Stephen Strang, and welcome to my podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something incredible that happened at the White House just a few days ago. It was on Good Friday, and President Trump had a little service in the Oval Office. I'll call it a service in which he said some very nice things. And then he turned it over to a friend of his who is also a friend of mine. He's Bishop Harry R. Jackson, Jr. He is pastor of Hope Christian Church in Beltsville, Maryland. And it was I was so excited on TV to see my friend standing there, opening the word of God, sharing freely, and then standing and praying, hands upraised, praying a blessing over our president, over the nation, praying about this COVID-19 virus. So I immediately contacted him and said, hey, could we do a podcast? So I'm so happy to welcome you, uh, Bishop Jackson, to my podcast today. Well, thank you, Steve. It's great to be with you. And you've been a sentinel, uh, kind of guarding Christian influence in the political process over many years. And I'm glad you were able to see that prayer. And I was certainly happy to be there and to test negative for the COVID virus. That was so they had you test before you could go in with the president. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, it was so good that I'm going to get the recording of that day and tack it on the end of this podcast. So stay tuned all the way to the end of the podcast and you can actually hear for yourself what was so exciting. But, you know, as your friend, I was thinking to myself, he could have invited any minister to come in on Good Friday and uh, in a lot of settings, they would tend to ask a Catholic priest, of course, because, uh, you know, Good Friday is so important to all Christians, but especially in the Catholic tradition. But they asked you and what an honor. And so my first question is, what did it feel like to be there and to do it? And how did you prepare? Well, it was very humbling uh, to go and to know that your prayers would impact the most powerful man in the world. In fact, after the taping, as we were uh, waiting to transition, uh, the president and I had talked earlier that week uh, in person, and then he was asking me about whether I ever got nervous when I was praying or speaking. Uh, I believe that what was weighing on his mind was the fact that he has to make a decision about reopening the nation. And if it's the right decision, it will mean life. If it's too premature, it'll mean death. And I told him, I'm always nervous, um, even though he said, well, you don't look nervous. I said, yeah, but it's the weightiness of knowing that a prayer agreed upon at that strategic time could become something that shifts something in the spiritual realm. We as Christians believe that prayer changes things. We believe that although God's in control of everything, that he has given uh, an opportunity for us to, in a sense, influence the future, the destiny of a nation, destiny of our families. 
So I was humbled by that. And uh, I took comfort in knowing that God would give this man in the greatest office in the land and Vice President Pence, he would give them both wisdom. Well, I'm just so thankful that you were there at that very strategic moment. And of course, I agree with you that prayer changes things. And then as we were just sharing as friends and even talking about doing this podcast, you were sharing with me some insights. It was almost like you're preparing for a sermon or something, but some scriptures, and there are so many of them, I barely know where to begin, but number 16 was uh, the first one that we'll start with. What is that you believe God is saying in number 16 that applies to us today? A few weeks ago, as this thing ramped up, uh, I got the revelation that prayer was going to impact the nation's destiny. Number 16, the story of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram rising up against Moses, and the earthquake happens, their rebellion, though, spreads, and as a result of their contention and rebellion, uh, there is a plague that goes out among the people, the children of Israel. Uh, then Moses got wind of it. He knew that God was going to, in his wrath, deal with the rebels. Uh, Moses said uh, to Aaron, run, get your censer, which represents prayer, worship, and intercession, and run out and stand between the living and the dead. And that's in Numbers chapter 16. And if you read from verse number 45 down to verse number 48, and where Aaron ran to, he is a Old Testament priest representing the New Testament priesthood of believers. He represents our identificational repentance, whereas an individual, I can pray on behalf of the nation. We can pray on behalf of the people of God. Nehemiah did in the Old Testament. Others did it uh, in the Old Testament and in the New. And in the New Testament, we have people talking about the power of prayer. Uh, repeatedly exhorting us to pray for those who are in authority. So I thought about this a few weeks ago. Many national prophetic figures got that same scripture. Many of us have believed that God is going to mitigate the impact of the plague if the church prays. And ironically, Steve, from Friday at noon till Monday and Tuesday at noon, all of a sudden, we found governors talking about the fact that everything had peaked in New York, things had peaked in other states. And it seemed as though our Passover prayer, asking God to pass over, asking God to use our prayers to be like Aaron's incense, forming a line between the living and the dead, it actually worked. 
So not my prayer. I wouldn't be so prideful or bombastic to say that. But I think the combined prayers of the saints on the weeks before uh, Good Friday and millions uh, watched that prayer on Good Friday. And I got texts and um, call phone calls and other reach, well, outreaches uh, from all over the world, from South Africa, Australia, on and on and on again, New Zealand, England, and uh, it was amazing. Uh, and I think God began to literally mitigate and stop the plague, the disease, COVID-19. Well, we hope and pray that what you're saying is true, and you're right. Other prophetic leaders are saying the same thing. Uh, when we were getting ready for the podcast, you also mentioned two psalms that caught my attention. It was Psalms 105 and Psalms 41. What is the Lord showing you there? Well, what's interesting, Psalm 105 is just a historic uh, recounting of what happened at that time of the Passover. So Psalm 105 says three things happened. And I literally prayed out of Psalm 105 with the president that with the passing over, verse 37, that God brought them out, brought them forth with silver and gold. And I prayed it as though this um, symbolized the restarting of our economy. Then number two, there is not one feeble one among them, which means that the healing power of Christ protected them in that Old Testament foreshadowing of a New Testament born-again deliverance experience that God would heal them not just of the death angel or, in our case, COVID, but the other diseases, other problems, after the Passover, there would be health among God's people. And then finally, it says in verse 39 that he spread a cloud for a covering, and that's by day, and fire to give light in the night. And what that essentially meant for us is that God is going to protect our destiny. With Israel, it meant that God was walking before them, working on their behalf supernaturally. And I believe that we have that same blessing going for us. So that's Psalm 105, Steve. And I believe that's clear. And ironically, I've been praying that for several weeks. And then on Wednesday of that week, I was just finishing up my uh, workout. I was working out by Zoom with a personal trainer. And I get this call from the White House and say, hey, can you come down? And we came down, we talked with the president. And um, so that's 
it had been bubbling in my heart and my spirit. And I'd been fasting and praying around that for weeks. And uh, what an honor to pray that. And uh, I've got one more scripture we can uh, address when you want that Psalm 41 scripture. Uh, please go ahead. Okay, now the translation I would use is the Passion Translation. And it's got three verses, and they're hidden in these verses, three promises. And it's more for people who are having mercy on the poor and reaching out to the weak. In other words, the folk who help people who are going through the problem of COVID and who are going through maybe the economics of lack and loss, there's a blessing. So it reads as follows, verse one, God always blesses those who are kind to the poor and the helpless. They're the first one God helps when they find themselves in any trouble. So this is a new twist on an old theme. But if you reach out now and help others, you're going to be the first to be helped in your circumstances of need. So we help others. Maybe you, like me, are in an amazingly safe place uh, during the pandemic. But if I should get in trouble or illness, God will put me first on the list if I've helped the poor and the needy. Verse two says, the Lord will preserve and protect them. They'll be honored and esteemed while their enemies are defeated. So in your future battle, it will be important for you to understand that you're in any kind of trouble. God will help you. It's not just if you're sick, but rather any kind of trouble that comes against you or difficulty, God will preserve and protect you and honor you, and your and my enemies will be defeated. Verse 3, when they're sick, God will restore them, lying upon their bed of suffering. He will raise them up again and restore them back to health isn't that incredible it is incredible you know on these podcasts as you were sharing i was just thinking especially on my god trump in the 2020 election podcast so often it's just it's politics and it's talking about the left and here here we're talking about the word of god we almost got like too many sermons it's only a few minutes long but I mean, you were expounding just like you would in the pulpit. And I think it's important to get these truths in our in our spirits. You know, as we kind of wrap this up, I wanted to just make one more observation. You know, the Bible talks about God will shake everything that can be shaken. And it certainly feels like that's happening now. But where do you think this is all going? You know, you told me earlier and I believe this is true, which is why I'm bringing it up, that 
something good is going to come out of this, an awakening, something. What are you sensing in your spirit? Well, it's simply put that if you look at the book of Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about a shaking of everything that can be shaken and set that that which is founded on Christ. I believe that's what's happening in many of our lives. It's a line of demarcation. And when people lose the things they lean on, depend on, the challenge for them now is to look up. And I believe that it's going to be an evangelistic time. And what was so amazing today when I came into my office for uh, this taping and a previous meeting, I got a note. The note I got was saying, I appreciated your prayer. It was right on. And for me, it was prophetic of this evangelistic moment we're in. Many of our listeners will remember George Beverly Shea and that he sang at the Billy Graham Crusades. His wife wrote me a letter saying thank you for the prayer and expressing uh, our need for God in this time. And I was at Billy Graham's funeral. I was privileged to be invited to that. And I realized that God was saying to me, the thing you've been telling people about evangelism, all of that is true. And of all the attaboys and encouragement I got uh, from being there with the president, I took that little note to be a sign of prophetic authority. Also, Franklin Graham reached out. So I believe that we're going to see evangelism at its best manifest in this season. I'm excited about it. An awakening is at the door following the shaking so that our confidence might not be in the arm of the flesh, but in the word of the living God. Boy, that's so important and so well said. And we could talk about this for a long time, but we more or less run out of time. Uh, I want the listeners to stay tuned to listen to an actual recording of the president's comments and then Bishop Jackson's prayer. Uh, You may have already seen it on TV. It's worth listening to again. If you missed it, you certainly need to listen to it. And before we do that, Bishop, would you tell how my listeners could connect with you and your ministry? And the nice thing about a podcast is you can stop it rewind it if you don't get it the first time. So listen carefully uh, to how you can connect with Bishop Harry R. Jackson, Jr. Well, they simply can reach out to us on the hopeconnection.org. And uh, we're on many platforms where we reach a weekly um, television broadcast. We're on several markets with a daily radio broadcast, all called The Hope Connection. And uh, so I'm excited, Steve. They can replay on our YouTube channel, which they can reach right from our website. So The Hope Connection 
www.ghanaspeaks.org. And um, millions at the time of this recording have already seen uh, the prayer in the White House. And uh, many have also looked at uh, various messages. Our Easter uh, online attendance was very amazing for us. So thank you for this opportunity. And I believe God's going to allow this death angel to pass over and for us to be fully restored also will join, uh, I believe, in the nations. Uh, we're seeing it all over the world who are wholeheartedly turning to Christ again. I believe America is turning to Jesus Christ again with fresh passion. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, how encouraging to hear that. And I want the listeners to forward this podcast to people who you may feel are interested or who need to listen to it. And uh, I'll thank you for listening to my podcast and stay tuned to hear this actual recording. And when it's over, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening today. God bless you. Thank you very much on this Good Friday. Christians from all around the world, remember the suffering and death upon the cross of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. At Easter Sunday, we will celebrate his glorious resurrection. At this holy time, our nation is engaged in a battle like never before, the invisible enemy. Our brave doctors, nurses, and responders, first responders, responders of all, are fighting to save lives. Our workers are racing to deliver critical medical supplies. Our best scientists are working around the clock to develop life-saving therapeutics, and I think they're doing really well in doing so. Our people are making tremendous sacrifices to end this pandemic. Though we will not be able to gather together with one another as we normally would on Easter, we can use this sacred time to focus on prayer, reflection, and growing in our personal relationship with God, so important. I ask all Americans to pray that God will heal our nation, to bring comfort to those who are grieving, to give strength to the doctors, nurses, and healthcare workers, to restore health to the sick, and to renew the hope in every person who is suffering. Our nation will come through like never before. I thank the many families who have prayed for me and for my family, and your prayers are felt, and I am forever grateful. I'd like to thank our great Vice President and his wonderful wife, who we all know very well, Karen, for the incredible job they do and for their service, not only to the country, but for their service to God. Almost 3,000 years ago, the prophet Isaiah wrote these words, Darkness covers the earth, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. As our nation battles the invisible enemy, we reaffirm that Americans believe in the power of prayer. We give thanks for the majesty of creation and for the gift of eternal life and we place our trust in the hands of Almighty God. I'd like to just wish everybody a very happy Easter. We're going to be celebrating that very, very special day. And it's going to be, hopefully, a very 
good weekend and a very productive weekend. And I want to thank everybody in our country and beyond for all they've had to put up with. 184 countries as of this morning are fighting this enemy. And we pray for them all. With that, I'd like to introduce Bishop Harry Jackson from Maryland, highly respected gentleman who is a, uh, a member of our faith and a person that we have tremendous respect for. Bishop, please. Thank, thank you. you, Mr. President. First of all, let me say thank you for the job you're doing, you and the Vice President, to protect our nation. And you've included the churches in the relief efforts. Many churches would have had to close down yes. had it not been for your insightful uh, leadership. So thank you both very much. Thank you, Bishop. I, Good Friday, as we prepare to pray, is one of the darkest days in the Christian faith in that Christ stood in substitution for our sin. But the resurrection is our victory. But it parallels with the Passover. I'm going to read two verses and pray out of them about what we want to have happen. We want this plague to pass over. We want everyone in America to be safe. Psalm 105 says, He brought them out without, with gold, silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. Verse 39 goes on to say, He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light in the night. Let us pray. Lord, let the death angel pass over. Let there be a mitigation of this plague, this disease. Let medical science come forth. Lord, let us come out with a thriving economy. That silver and gold spoken of in that passage, let it be our portion. And then, God, as we face other challenges in the future, Lord, cover us with a cloud by day and a fire by night. But in this great land that was set up to glorify your name, we want to break, we come against the spirit of division. Lord, let e purbus unum be a reality in us. Let there be a uniting of America. Heal the divide between race, class, and gender. Once again, give this great man our president and give the vice president wisdom beyond their natural limitations. Give them insight so they can cover us, lead us, and bless us. We bless them and America in Jesus' name. Be encouraged. Hope is on the way. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. That's beautiful. Thank, thank you, you my friend. That was a great honor, and thank you. And thank you all. And uh, have a great Good Friday, and we're going to see you in a little while. And also, if I don't see you, have a great Easter. Thank you very much.